This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all A Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With Dylan Hafer Well, go check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast I am Dylan Hafer And, you know, as Larsa Pippen says Everyone in my life is a public figure And today, I'm joined by someone who also has a lot of public figures in their life One of my good friends Journalist, best-selling author of Not All Diamonds and Rosé, Dave Quinn. Dave, hello. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I'm so glad to uh, be in the same (laughs) sort of public (laughs) the public world of Kanye West's penis. Uh, Dave, do you you like athletes? Do you like athletes? I don't like athletes. I don't. I'm I'm more into cheerleaders. (laughs) I'm more into those on the side, the audience members, those cheering people on, I mean, not like professional cheerleaders because they are athletes. That is true. Um, So we are today talking about Orange County and Miami. Before we get too deep into things, I just want to see, how are you enjoying both of these seasons? What are your thoughts on OC and Miami? Well, I want to start with a good thing. I think that Miami is just absolutely killing it. I have so enjoyed having it back. There's something beautiful about being away from a show for a little bit, and then it kind of feels like a bit of a warm hug. I think the new cast members are all really good housewives, and I just love the energy of it. Each episode, I've very much enjoyed. I think Miami is absolutely crushing it. Top tier housewives. Orange County. I couldn't agree. OC, I don't know. I mean, I was very excited to have Heather Dubrow come back. Um, but there was a lot made of this being a big reboot and, you know, that they had saved the franchise. And I don't really feel that way. Um, there's still something a little off about this season. And I don't think that they really found the right new additions. I totally agree. I think they, you know, I think this season is undeniably better than last year. I think last year was kind of a low point for the Housewives franchise as a whole with OC season 15. But it it feels like we're kind of spinning our wheels a little bit. And I've I've enjoyed certain episodes of this season quite a lot. But watching this week's, it kind of was like, okay, so we come back from Cabo and I guess Gina and Noella are arguing. Other than that, there's not that much going on with the cast. It sort of feels like Heather has decided she's not going to be friends with Shannon. She's decided she's not going to be friends with Noella. And those kind of, that is what it is. And then we're kind of left with, you know, little mini feuds around the the edges of the cast. But it's like, we, we need a central conflict here. Yeah, it's there doesn't really seem to be one. And the struggle that I'm having is, as much as I think that she's, you know, a, a very lovely woman, I don't think that Dr. Jen is a very good housewife. Um, she doesn't seem to be really interested in being a part of the show. That whole time that she was in Cabo, I feel like she was like, no, I'm not really doing any of this. I'm just going to like work out. And I, I mean, 
she just seems so out of place for me still. I, I don't understand her role in the ensemble. Yeah, I this episode, I like seeing her be open about the stuff that she and her husband are going through. But even with that, it feels a little bit like we're getting a very two-dimensional explanation of, you know, I'm always at work. I haven't prioritized my family. And, you know, Ryan and I treat each other like roommates. And it's like, okay, so that's that's like a two-bullet-point explanation of what's happening. But this scene at the end of the episode, all of a sudden, seems like there is way more than meets the eye. And I, I don't feel confident that we're actually going to get the details there. Right. And, and that because he wanted to clearly shut it all down. He kept saying, mm-hmm. like, let's have this discussion another time, a.k.a. I do not want to be talking on camera right now about the real issues that we're dealing with, which initi- which immediately makes me feel as a viewer, OK, I'm not getting any reality here because you've been lying this entire time. Yeah. And I feel like you, I mean, certainly more than the average viewer you have, you know, spent time talking to most of the women on these shows. You have talked to a lot of, you know, people from production. You are a very educated viewer in terms of knowing when there's kind of more than meets the eye. And I think that happens to a certain extent on every every reality show, not even just Housewives. But in a certain situation like this, when they're so clearly telegraphing, we're not going to do this on camera. It's like, okay, then what? what's the point? Why are we even here to begin with? Yeah, a hundred percent. And to hear in the preview for next week that he packs his bags and leaves. See, I struggle as a viewer when I'm just meeting a housewife and she immediately has a bad relationship. I'm like, why am I meeting you? It's that it doesn't feel like I'm that interested in your conflict because I don't know your relationship in a healthy way. So when I watch it fall apart immediately, even with Noella too, right? It's kind of this feeling of, well, okay, I'm sorry that's happening to you, but I don't know how good it used to be to understand how bad it got. Whereas when you look at Shannon Bedore and her time on the show, that first season was all about like maintaining, you know, David and I are good. And then you found out when she came back for her second season that like he had had this affair that they are really working through it and it it was compelling television to watch i don't feel very compelled by dr jen's relationship issues noella's relationship issues who are these people yeah i mean noella to a even greater extent than dr jen it's like clearly sweet james is not even gonna he's not gonna appear on the show where <laughs> You know, Noella doesn't necessarily seem like the most reliable narrator in terms of giving us, you know, all of the facts about what's happening. Also, there are probably legal situations where she can't talk about some of what's happening. It feels like it's like we're getting a lot of chaotic energy from that direction, but we don't have enough background to kind of put it in context. And it's like, okay, I kind of understand why, you know, people like Gina and Heather are taking a step back and being like, actually, you know, like we can be cordial and stuff. Like I don't hate your guts, but I don't actually think this is a friendship that I really need to be investing in right now. Yeah. And listen, Noella has a ton of chaotic energy. You said it perfectly. And sometimes it works in our favor. I really appreciate her being like, who the hell is Heather Dubrow? Like, and calling out (laughs) Heather Dubrow's nonsense. I appreciate that because that's good conflict. That makes for great television. But it's strange to me that the fan base was so angry and and negative towards Bronwyn because they felt that she was, you know, so insane. 
and doesn't seem to have that same energy towards everything we're getting from Noella, which in my perspective is far more stable, far more unstable than what we saw with Bronwyn. Um, it actually makes me miss Bronwyn, want her on television, want to see uh, a little bit more of her story because I feel as though she was kind of sacrificed in a way that the, the network mm. and production was like, we don't want to deal with this crazy, but then gave us something even worse. Yeah, it is. There is like a, a weird gray area of, you know, Bravo viewers. And I guess to a certain extent, the network of when, when is somebody messy in a way that we enjoy and is entertaining versus I do feel like last season, Bronwyn, there was kind of like, a tipping point where all of a sudden it went from her being like the least problematic one on the show, the least, you know, kind of nightmarish one on the show to, Oh, she's a mess. And we don't, we don't really care for that anymore. And it's funny. Cause it's like, I could go down a laundry list of housewives that have been messes at some <laughs> point in the past 15 years. And for the most part, I feel like we've uh, <laughs> sort of delighted in watching that unfold. Yeah, and listen, she was telling a story I still have never heard before. A woman in a marriage who wants to stay married, but also has realized that she's a lesbian and is dating other people. That was all interesting. But when that reunion came around and everyone was accusing her of making up the fact that she was an alcoholic or faking her sobriety to for a storyline, which, I mean, she hasn't been on the show and she's still sober. So I guess that... Uh, I guess that has kind of all fallen apart. But yeah, I mean, it just felt so dark by the way everyone else was reacting to it and more or less than the way that she was actually living. And I wonder whether the same sort of energy will exist at this reunion around the wildness of Noella's claims. Yeah, I mean, this reunion is... I I feel like I haven't put that much thought into it, but when it does cross my mind, I'm like, is this going to be it can't be three parts. I mean, like, what are we, what are we even looking at here? It's like, okay, we, we're going to have a Noella portion and then, you know, there's going to be some Heather and Shannon, I'm sure, but it feels like there hasn't been, I think this part of what this season is missing is like disagreements that feel like a part of a larger arc versus just, you know, Heather and Shannon fought the first couple episodes of the season and then since then, it feels like Heather has just sort of like checked out on the Shannon thing. Whereas like, I would like to see them, you know, maybe continue that dynamic throughout the season. Well, they will definitely be sitting on either side of Andy. Don't you think it'll be Shannon yes. versus Heather? And then next to Shannon will be Noella. And next to Heather will be Gina. Um, it's interesting because the entire time that Heather was on Housewives, her first run, she never sat next to Andy. She was always on the end. So it's mm -hmm. interesting that she's kind of getting this bump up. But she will be right next to Andy, I'm sure. And then no, I'm assuming Emily and um, Dr. Jen will be split in some way that whatever it will be but uh that won't really matter at the end but i i do agree that you know my understanding is that uh there is still a lot of bad blood between shannon and heather that they haven't really addressed and i think it felt like a producer was like we're not having this conversation anymore make up we want to enjoy the rest of the season and that's kind of what's happened but i don't know i laughed yeah. a lot with Heth with uh shannon at the on that trip i thought she was really funny yeah, I think that that trip needed a little bit of comic relief toward the end there. It felt like last the last episode that we saw, I we were I was talking about how it was like 
uh, Gina, Emily, and Noella were on this weird, like, odyssey together of the sweat lodge and crying on the beach and all of this stuff. And coming back for this last dinner, it's just like, I can't believe this trip was only two days long because it, <laughs> it felt like they were stranded down in Mexico for, like, a week and a half or something. Yeah, forever. This season itself has felt really long in a strange way for nothing having happened, really. I, I, I know we still have another trip uh, coming up. Two more trips, right? A New York trip, and I think they go to maybe Aspen or somewhere. I don't know. But we still have two more trips, so buckle up. Before we move on, where would you kind of rank, and maybe not rank, but how would you rate Heather's return to the show? Because I really like Heather a lot both as a person and as a housewife overall. But I think this season, I think it's been a little bit of, maybe they've almost been giving her a little bit too much help in the edit and it's kind of coming off a little bit, you know, like it doesn't feel like we're watching kind of an accurate representation. Yeah. I mean, I love Heather as well. I think that she, you know, uh, is a character and really fun. I think that it's been interesting. They've, they've treated her a little bit like Bethany, like a Bethany return to New York felt. They, you know, this high end, like, oh my goodness, even like her at the house, like, where is everyone? Sort of like, come on. Um, and I think that there's, they put a lot of stock into her. I mean, there was a whole press campaign around Heather Dubrow's return, and it, she's almost too big to fail. So. I, I don't imagine that Heather Dubrow is going anywhere. Um, but as far as watching her, I, I would like there to be more voices on the cast like Noella kind of bringing her to task because it's always fun to see uh, somebody called out for what we all are seeing, which is like a little bit of phoniness from Heather. Yeah. And I think Heather is one of those housewives where she might be at the end of the day, a good person and not, you know, she's not like, in some big fraud scheme or, you know, there's not necessarily like a takedown that needs to happen, but it's not hard to imagine why people would be like annoyed by her or not really enjoy her presence. Like she just (laughs) has that kind of personality that could be a little difficult. So it seems like a no brainer that you would want at least a couple people on the cast who sort of aren't buying what she's selling. And I think if they played up that dynamic a little more, we would actually get a little bit more of an exciting you know, group dynamic versus just kind of like Heather feels like she's getting the kid gloves from everyone, but Noella. (laughs) Right. And again, and she can write off Noella's insults as like, well, she's crazy. So I'm not going to believe anything (laughs) she's saying. Whereas I feel like Noella is, I mean, listen, like, again, I love Heather and I, but she's an actress and she's putting on a bit of a show. Do I believe that she and her husband go to Cabo 10 times a year? No, I don't believe they go 10 times a year. Do I believe that she is buying property and building a house in Cabo? No, I don't believe. Have you seen it? I don't think there's a house. I don't think she's buying the property. I think there's a lot of show around that, you know, and a lot of, um, let me show you how much money I potentially could have. Like when she was crying about her kid, wanting her kids to have a place that they could go. I was like, you, you kids have a huge place that they can go. Like, (laughs) this isn't a problem. Like I grew up, I don't have a, I don't have a summer house, you know, like it's it's okay. I I don't have a house in Cabo and I've been able to survive very well. My brother and I have a great relationship. (laughs) Going to Cabo 10 times a year sounds deeply stressful to me. Like I don't, I don't have that many trips in me a year, period. Regardless of money, I like time and energy. I'm not traveling 10 times a year, let alone 
just to one single destination on top of other travel. Yeah, no, it's exhausting. I, it's, especially after COVID, do you want to put clothes on and leave your apartment even? Like that's exhausting for me enough as it is. I've gotten so used to being cozy here that I don't really think that <laughs> I need to travel anywhere. But yeah, 10 times a year. I don't believe that. No, Lover, I, though, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, great, great housewife. <laughs> I feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around the food, the venue, the music, the overall vibe. And you're making like that mental checklist of if I were planning a wedding right now, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. What would I want to copy from this? What would I want to change? What would I want to tweak? Well, I've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years, and I know just how stressful the process can be. You go from that newly engaged bliss to overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye. But using Zola helps with wedding planning from start to finish and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake, Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want. With tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences, every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Over in Miami, I feel like we're getting a lot of, you know, wealth on display, a lot of, you know, flashiness, but it kind of, it feels pretty, feels pretty legit to me. I think that's something people have been enjoying with Miami, that it feels like everybody or, you know, maybe the majority of the group at least is rich and that's kind of fun. Well, what's interesting is that I think that those women really learned what it's like not to have the show for a long time, right? It was taken away from them and they spent years and years hoping that it would come back and they're not going to fuck it up. Like they are here to really do the work And I appreciate that about them. I mean, Alexia rolled in with a suitcase full of storylines, none of which involved her starting a business and launching some BS product (laughs) that none of us are ever going to buy. And I love that. Like, that's what I want. I want reality. I don't want, you know, kids writing books or big companies that they're trying to launch because I don't think that that is enough for a storyline. I really want to know what's really happening in your life and Watching Miami every single week has felt really exciting because there seems to be natural conflict, natural relationships, good conversations happening. Um, It's juicy and fun. Yeah, it says a lot that I think we made it to episode seven before we even heard about Larsa Marie jewelry. So. <laughs> no, and even that was like kind of laughed off in a way, right? Because she's like, right. I got the cover of Harper's Bazaar. And they were like, yeah, but... Not Harper's Bazaar America. <laughs> and like, and like, I appreciated that. I appreciated that that was like a bit of a joke. Uh, totally. And that, you know, okay, so ostensibly the whole reason for the Hamptons trip was Larsa's jewelry event that was attended by, you know, six people, give or take. <laughs> but that didn't feel, that didn't feel like it was plastered across those three episodes that they were on the trip it was like okay so one day that we're here there's going to be an event up on the roof of the house (laughs) come if you feel like it but it really it really felt like we were still watching kind of as organic of a girls trip as you can see on a show like this and i i do agree i think they did an 
excellent job kind of picking and choosing who's going to be in the cast and the dynamics. Cause like we've seen now Nicole and Marisol are that newbie OG pairing that we don't know if they knew each other before the show, really like what it's not an existing friendship, but it really feels like they have a pretty authentic, you know, clash with each other. And I'm enjoying how that's playing out really quite a lot. Oh, me too. And I think, listen, I really like Nicole. First of all, I think she's gorgeous, but I, I like her energy. Um, I'm glad that she's bringing us a house husband, even though they're not married yet, uh, but a house husband who's a very uh, a, a, a traditional bear snack is what I would call him, right? Like, he's a good old bear. And I just, I, he's sexy and cute. And it's like, we need that body type in the uh, sexy house husband pantheon. So good for her um and i and i like that battle the only complaint that i have about marisol i love her i think she's hilarious she has to stop with that sparkly starbucks cup it's got to stop (laughs) it's got i cannot take it anymore yes it was even a couple episodes ago i already was like okay maybe maybe use the cup sparingly you know once (laughs) Once an episode would certainly be enough, but I feel like in the last couple of weeks, it's only gotten worse. And it, every single time we cut to her confessional, she's, she's, you know, has the straw in her mouth. She's like waving the straw around. She's smirking with it. She's like rolling her eyes. Like, I love a shady confessional queen. You know, I think Marisol is giving a great performance as a messy friend of, but yes. the cup. Oh my God, the cup. <laughs> the cup runneth over. The cup is over. I need to not see it ever again. And, and again, I, I agree with you. Her her reads are so good that it doesn't need that punch of a like, <laughs> you know, it doesn't need that. Like, I wish I was in the room to be like, put the put the freaking cup away. I don't want to see the cup again. Uh, so if, if, you know, Marisol returns for another season, which I'm sure she will. I'm hearing that filming is starting actually in a couple of mm. weeks. I do hope that the cup does not make it into the confessional room. Um, I'd rather see her get up and walk over to a, uh, a, a, you know, a water fountain to take a sip out of that <laughs> than to watch her <laughs> with that cup ever. Like, just <laughs> keep her dehydrated. I don't care if she faints over. No cup anymore. <laughs> I would like to see some of these women try to drink from a water fountain because I have a feeling the lip situation could be a little tricky. There'd be some dribble. It would be it would be hilarious to me. I don't know. I just I can't I the the shady cup thing needs to stop period in housewives. You know, it's kind of like white parties and roaring 20s parties like they need to all go away and murder mystery events. But the the but Marisol is really taking it to the grave. When I saw that Beverly Hills filmed a Roaring Twenties murder mystery for Crystal's birthday last week, I was like, God damn it. I know. I was so Why pissed too. This again? I was like, God damn it, Crystal. You should call me. I would have told you, don't do that. All of the different production companies that do these Housewives shows have got to get like a list of the themes. You know, there it's like how um, you know, for like auditions, there'll be like don't don't sing lists of songs that it's like nobody wants to hear you sing like you know, popular from Wicked in your audition. (laughs) You know, we don't need another, we don't need the murder mystery. We don't need the Roaring Twenties. We don't need, you know, an 80s themed party. Like we really have to get a little more creative. I know. And I hear that OC has a costume party at the end of the season. So it's like, buckle up. We're going back into it. Um, 
But yeah, I, I agree. I, I, it's kind of like below deck. I, you know, how many times do I need to watch another beach picnic um, go awry? I, I do wish that the production companies hired, you know, I'm available. I'm I'm free. I don't have a job right now. Maybe you two, Dylan, can uh, freelance in this capacity. <laughs> Just like call like a like a phone a friend, like a phone a housewife fan. It'd be like, hey, we're doing this. Are you cool with that? And I'll just tell you no or yes. Like, we need an activity. How about how about axe throwing? Uh uh-uh, uh. No, no. No, no axe throwing. <laughs> We've seen it already. I would rather watch you guys uh paint at like one of those paint classes than watch you do mm-hmm. uh, uh, an axe throwing. <laughs> Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they're the only shapewear that won't ever roll down no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. Okay, so pivoting a little bit, I want to talk about what's going on with Lisa and Lenny this episode because they are, we see a couple conversations. Lenny's parents are coming to stay with them, though in the guest house for a little bit while they're buying a house in Miami. Um, Lisa clearly has, you know, some feelings about this, but mostly uh, she, you know, wants to hire a new nanny and feels that Lenny is not being, you know, as supportive as he could be and as understanding of all the things that she takes on in their house. What is your read on their relationship? And if do you think Lisa is being reasonable with what she wants from Lenny? I mean... Is it too much to ask for a nanny? I don't know. I mean, like, does she need one? Certainly, probably not. But if I had enough money and I could afford that, sure, why not? Like, if I were rich, I would not pay for any, I would not do anything. You know, like, I would have somebody, I would have a personal (laughs) chef. Are you kidding me? I would have a personal chef all the time. I like to cook, but I don't need to have someone do it for you. So (laughs) I agree. Like, he should let her have a nanny. Uh, she shouldn't have to have to deal with everything. Let somebody else do it. Um, somebody carried those kids. Somebody can take care of them too. <laughs> I liked I liked her um, acknowledgement. Somebody said like that's not the real world, and she's like, well, we don't live in the real world. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I'm glad that she can recognize it. <laughs> yeah, they they do not re- live in the real world at all. They live on Star Island. That is its own universe, and they have lots of money. Yeah, I at least feel like um, she and Lenny are on a better communication page than Dr. Jen and Ryan. It's like, at least they might have their little speed bumps, but at least they're speaking to each other. Yeah. Could you tell me what's actually happening with Dr. Jen and uh, because and her husband? Because I watched that scene like 
three times. I kept rewinding it. And I was like, am I, you know, sometimes you watch TV and you're like, wait, did I just blank out for a second? Did I miss something? But yeah, no, I, I still don't really understand what their conflict is. No, he just wants to hold the dog, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to hold the dog and not wear a shirt. I get it. I understand. It, not wearing a shirt is fine with me. I'm I'm yeah. good with that part of the bargain. And the dog is fine too, but you know, I think he could give Jen a little more a little more uh, attention. Sure, but I mean, she's busy at work too. I don't know. I mean, it, this is the sort of thing. You're right. They are communicating Lenny and uh, Lisa way better than they are. I also thought it was hilarious that someone is sliding into Lenny's DMs and saying that his wife doesn't treat him well. I mean, that's just hilarious to me. Yeah. Also, considering that this was during filming when the show hadn't been on the air for like eight years, and it's like, oh, when was this? You know, it's just like <laughs> somebody was in your DMs like recently? Because I'll, I mean, speaking as somebody who spends a lot of time thinking about Bravo, I did not think about Lenny Hochstein much until this show came back on the air. So I'm, I'm concerned for anyone who was spending the last eight years like thirsting over Lenny. Yeah, I do have those questions as well. But ultimately, I think that he should give in. Listen, it's hard to be a parent. There's a lot of things you have to do when taking care of kids. If she can have a nanny help her so that she can pay more attention and and enjoy their time with them and not have to worry about things that she doesn't have to worry about, great. Absolutely. And I think the the sort of piece de resistance of this episode is that Larsa finally addresses... What happened with the Kardashians? Thank you, Adriana, for <laughs> for being the shitstirer to end all shitstirers. Because I think all of us, from the second it was even rumored that Larsa was going to be coming back to this show, it was like, if we're going to let Larsa back on Housewives, there needs to be some acknowledgement of the journey that she has been on. And we need her to spill at least a little bit of the tea. And I think... I've enjoyed Larsa's presence this season, but it has felt like she isn't quite willing to play ball in terms of, you know, mentioning it all. And this episode, you know, she still is kind of clinging to this thing of like, I don't want to talk about it. But even when she just says, you know, I got, in, I was in the middle of it. I knew too much. That is way more than she said up until now. And I was living for it. I have to tell you, when I was writing the book, I interviewed Larsa. Uh, she was a bit of a difficult person to kind of track down because she really didn't want anything to do with it and was pretty much against talking. She would ignore my messages and, and didn't want to do it. I finally was able to get through with her and I had a conversation with her. I think she was at a pool um, because I remember <laughs> hearing like her kids splashing in the water and it wasn't a very long interview. I mean, she was only at that time on the first season. And when I was interviewing her, we didn't know that the show was even coming back. Uh, there had been rumors that they had been talking to them and all of the housewives in Miami told me that they had had conversations with producers, but nothing had been ordered. And in fact, Andy told me that that Peacock had actually turned it down initially, that Peacock did mm-hmm. not want to do Miami and he was kind of trying to to push harder for it to happen. So this all happened over the course of the writing, but all this to say, Larsa was not interested whatsoever in coming back to the show. It felt like she 
did not really like the drama or the feuds. And I found her to be very reserved in our interview. I found her to be like, she didn't really want to talk. She didn't have a lot of insight into her experience on reality TV. And she was kind of focused on the future. So when I heard she was coming back, I was completely shocked. And I was like, this is, this is going to be a bit of a dud. Like I was really worried that going into it, she wasn't going to give that much. And I think she's been interesting. She's been opening up about the only fans. That was all kind of fun, but this was the, episode that i was like thank god she's back i'm so glad that adriana pushed her to the point where she could really get real about these things and i thought it was juicy 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 yeah i think larsa is she clearly has this sort of complex where she feels a little bit superior to some of the other women in the group because she literally says this episode she has quote the best resume out of all the women in the group because she had the husband and the four kids with the husband. That's the important part. But I, but then when you fast forward to their filming, she's not with the husband anymore. She doesn't have that kind of, you know, this is purely how she would look at it. I think it's sort of like a tarnished type of, you know, her resume has a little bit of a, you know, blank spot on it where it's like, what happened to the marriage? Um, and so you kind of have to wonder, it's like, Okay, so if you felt a superiority complex about having the husband and the kids, now that that is has, you know, crumbled a little bit, let's get into it. You're not necessarily in this coming from this place of being better than everyone and, you know, clearly that's not what we want to watch on the show. And so I think you know, for her to sort of be humbled a little bit has taken some time and I was really excited to see on this episode that she was like she clearly understands that at the very least she needs to acknowledge it. And I think that's probably, you know, she probably feels like she is, you know, being backed into a corner a little bit, but it's like, you signed the contract to come back for this. If anybody was being honest with you about what was expected from this experience, you should have known that this was going to be sort of part of the deal. Yeah. And, and you'll notice that she really only, only, only opened up about it in the confessional. Like when she was in an interview with the producer, she, I'm sure it took her a while to get there. And there were only some things she said, they asked her about Malik and she kind of said he's, he's in her past and she wouldn't really talk about him though. I want to know what really happened there. And I also think that when she addressed the Kardashians and her, you know, fallout with Kim, um, it really made sense what she said that she saw too much, especially in the context of what we're all seeing right now in the public eye, Kanye and Kim going back and forth about the kids and North lipstick on TikTok and all that nonsense, right? You start to see like, oh, maybe she saw some of these battles happening behind the scenes. It also seems to be from what she said that she's in a good place with Kim right now. So maybe after this split, it helped, but I want to know even more, and I'm hopeful at this reunion that they do not hold back at kind of grilling her. I know. And I I think, especially if she does feel like she is in a better place with Kim now, I could see it going one of two ways. Either she's not going to want to mess it up again, and she's never going to say Kim's name again, or she might feel like now that there's this distance and some of the stuff with Kanye is a little more out in the open, she doesn't have to sort of, you know, being Team Kim now doesn't also mean being Team Kanye the way it did six months a year ago, where it was like they were still presenting a united front for the most part. And it was like, I'm not going to talk about any of that. And I, I mean, 
I would love to hear some Larsa Pippen stories about Kanye West. <laughs> Let me, me just say that. Because <laughs> you too. know she has them. Anybody who spent time with Kanye West has seen some shit. I have no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> she has the stories. But the conflict that you mentioned, that idea of her acting like she's kind of better than everyone and Adriana really being upset about that, that is like... What I love about it is it's so classic Housewives, right? It's it's uh, Kelly Ben Simone and Bethany Frankel. I'm up here, you're down here, right? It's uh, in many ways Heather Dubrow and Shannon Bedore, right? I think Heather feels that she's better than everyone. I think Lisa Vanderpump felt that she was certainly better than Taylor Armstrong for a long time. I think you know you can you can look through all of the franchises. Nene, I think, felt like she was better than a lot of the women. Um, and you can kind of see that. So I'm glad. I like this bit of a conflict because it's it feels real. It feels like this is what it actually exists in these shows. Totally. And I think what you were saying about how Larsa was only on the show for one season before, I've talked about that. And the one thing that I thought was kind of a bright spot from her previous time on the show was her issue with Adriana. And so the fact that that has been preserved so pristinely <laughs> And it's like it was crystallized in like amber for the last 10 years. And then they just like chipped away at it. And it's like, and go. And, you know, when they were at Gertie's party and um, Adriana says, what do you think? You're the queen bee. And Larsa, you know, totally straight face just goes, I am the queen bee. Yeah. It's like, I, I love it. You know, that's I like, I don't think Larsa is right a lot of the time, but I love the confidence that she brings to the show because I think that's kind of the beauty of women who go on housewives it's like yeah go off say whatever you want because like that's it's entertaining as hell i completely agree it's the most fun when that happens i am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun but the springtime always brings those unwanted guests pollen and seasonal allergies April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. 
So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, so I want to ask you, obviously Miami seems like it's been a big hit for Peacock, definitely going to come back. There have been some little rumblings that I've seen just this week that Peacock might be developing a new franchise, a new Housewives show. Do you know anything about that? Or do you have thoughts about what you would like to see if you don't know anything? So I've heard rumblings, of course. What I'm un- The way I understand things to be now is that there's more of a central development team and that they'll then decide, well, let's put this on Peacock or let's put this on Bravo or let's put this on NBC. Like that's, they're trying to be a little bit more central from what I understand about these sorts of things. So when they announced Dubai, I really realized that like, oh, we're not stopping anytime soon. So there's still going to be more on the way. And I, I would not be surprised if they keep trying things and I would not be surprised if they end up solely on Peacock. Yeah, I I agree. Like when the Dubai announcement came and they announced it, you know, before they had, it wasn't like, oh, we made this show and it's coming out in a month. It was like, this is a new franchise. We haven't filmed it yet, but it's happening. Like there's gas left in the tank for Housewives. They clearly don't see it as a franchise that's kind of just, you know, running on fumes and, you know, however long it goes, we'll see. Um, I don't, yeah, I mean... I think some people have obviously had strong feelings about the, you know, pivot to Peacock. I think it's kind of inevitable. I mean, it's just like, you just have to follow the money. That's like why half of this content is happening at this point. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm excited. I have a Peacock subscription. So the more <laughs> the more shows I can watch, the better. Yeah. And I mean, what, what you're seeing is this pattern now. They've, they've just started with Ultimate Girls Trip. And the same thing is going to happen with Miami Housewives and with Ultimate Girls Trip 2, uh, the Berkshires, you know, that, that show is that it's going to air on Peacock first. And then a couple of months later, they're going to put it on Bravo to hopefully lure viewers into saying, Oh, well, I need to watch. I don't want to watch it this late. It's not as fun to watch Ultimate mm-hmm. Girls Trip now when no one is talking about it. I would much rather watch it when everyone is talking about it. But the numbers have come out about Peacock and it's not as strong as I think people want it to be. And I imagine that the network's going to keep trying to focus on ways to get that successful. So if it means starting new franchises, new shows, bringing things over to there, I'm all for it. I wish they would put, I just want blowout. Like give me blowout. I can't find old episodes (laughs) of it. I want blowout. I want workout. Like all that needs to be on Peacock. Give me gallery girls. Like I can't stream these shows. Uh, The old seasons for sure. I would love to have them accessible, but also I feel like they could, do like, you know, low, pretty low budget reboots of some of these kind of old school Bravo shows. It's like, that is not talent that you would have to be paying like a million dollar salary. It's like, you know, cut these people some, you know, $30,000 checks and you're in, in business. And I, I would like to see them sort of explore more deeper in the Bravo catalog for Peacock content. Cause I know we're going to have some below deck stuff coming to Peacock, which is exciting, but I, you know, is there a Top Chef spinoff that they could do? Is there, you know, something, you know, there are so many shows that aren't Housewives that Bravo kind of has in the, you know, if you go back in the archives. And I think that is like a very exciting thing that Peacock could be doing. 
Right. And they did the Top Chef family style on, that was just on Peacock, which I really enjoyed as well. I Even just a, a reunions, a series of reunion specials. Like, I would mm-hmm. love to kind of see some of these old casts get back together and like real world homecoming style and discuss yes. like their experiences. I think there's a lot more there. And if anybody at Peacock or Bravo or NBC Universal would like to give me a job. Again, I once again <laughs> will remind people that I'm unemployed and I'm fully available to uh, to help them strategize around ways to get you and other listeners of yours to uh, to to come over to Peacock and watch more and more. <laughs> I mean, considering that you talked to basically everybody who's ever been on Bravo for your book, I feel like <laughs> you could you could come up with some some good ideas for who might be in the mood to. Uh, to say some shit on a reunion. <laughs> right? Come on. And we have good spinoffs. I mean, the Bravo will always develop these spinoffs that they think it's right. So the Karen Huger is having a spinoff that's coming to Bravo, I think, next month, actually, sometime, uh, you know, about her and her family life in um, her hometown. And that will be a few episodes. I'm sure the Porsche spinoff will come back for a second season. It, it did great in the ratings. I don't see why they wouldn't give her another go around around that. And I think there are more housewives uh, who will keep trying to get their own little shows, but I like, I would watch Manzo with children again. I think there's so much there that I think is still worth exploring. So I, I hope they try. I'm very excited for uh candy pump rules as I'm calling it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that has potential. <laughs> <laughs> when I talked to her about it, she called it Vander Black Rules, which I thought was hilarious, oh, too. Um, I like that, too. <laughs> <laughs> but she, yeah, I can't wait. You know, I went down there when they were filming. It was so fun. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm excited uh, to see that. And the characters on that show are hilarious. I just think there's going to be a lot of good drama and a lot of fighting. And uh, I'm excited for that show to premiere. March 6th, I think. Yes, there's so much stuff coming down the pipeline. Uh, We'll have to have you back sometime soon to update us on everything that's going on. But I'm so glad you were able to join us today, Dave. Oh, my God. Dylan, I have to say, you know, I'm such a huge fan of yours. I know that we've built a little bit of a friendship, but like, I'm just I'm still a fan first. And I'm thrilled to be asked to come and join you today. So thank you so much for having me. It really is like an honor. Well, thank you, Dave. That means so much. Everybody... Go check out Dave's book, Not All Diamonds and Rosé. If you haven't already read it, there is lots more tea being spilled on those pages. So definitely, where where's the Thank best you. place to buy the book? I, I don't know. I mean, wherever books are sold, I guess. <laughs> and we have the audio book coming at the end of this month. Amy Phillips did it. So that's out, oh I think, gosh. February 22nd. By the way, I cannot believe we made it through this whole podcast without talking about these stacks of vaginas. <laughs> that's all I want to talk about are these stacks of vaginas. Look, I feel like I, you know, I don't know how much mental capacity I can spend on that, but uh, Noella has an OnlyFans now, apparently, so... I mean, a smart way to launch it. A smart way to launch it after these stacks of vaginas. (laughs) I just think that that is... The idea of Shannon Bedore looking at a picture and then saying, oh, that one's yours. I mean, that's just good television. That's just darn good television. Yeah, I mean... 
who knows? Maybe by next season, her OnlyFans will be at, you know, Larsa levels. She can only dream. Yes, yes. And listen, <laughs> for for uh, for people like us who complain all the time and spent a good portion of this recording complaining about how many things we see on Housewives over and over again that we don't want to see, I've never seen a stack of vaginas before. So good for Noella for bringing something new to the table. <laughs> Good for Noah. And with the with that, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show so you never miss an episode. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches and follow Dave at Nine Daves because he's a great follow as well. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Batches.